Welcome to Castaway Coaching. Uh, this edition, we are delighted to be joined by Caroline Nelson-Nichols. Uh, Caroline was a former player and coach, obviously. She started her career in seventh grade uh, when she was told she needed to choose an, another sport. She went on to play at ODU. Uh, from there, she went into the national team and played her first national team cap in 2007 and went on there from there to play in the Beijing and London Olympics and amassed over 150 caps for the USA. Caroline retired uh, following the World Cup in 2014. Throughout her career, she's been involved in an interest in coaching. She coached at Iowa, was a second assistant to Tracy Grease Farm over in Iowa, then moving into Columbia University where she was assistant coach for three years and then was offered the head coach role at Columbia and led the program there for five seasons before being plucked into the current role that she serves as women's national team head coach for Team USA. Uh, and that appointment was made in January of this year. And so we are delighted to welcome to the island, Caroline Nelson Nichols, welcome to Castaway Coaching. Awesome, thanks for having me guys. Uh, so first question is, um, how did you, we spoke about a little bit there about your career as a coach. How did you get into coaching, Caroline? That's uh, a good question. I, I think it probably started way back when I was coaching camps at ODU for, uh, for summer camps. And um, I didn't really think much of the coaching uh, outside of just trying to better understand the game and see what I could communicate to other athletes. And I had a former alum or an alum of the program pull me aside and say, you know, you have a, you have a knack for teaching. You have a knack for sharing the game. You know, have you ever considered becoming a teacher um, or a coach? And again, to that point, I had never really thought about it. Um, but then that kind of, I guess, started my journey and getting into the national team. I had a couple opportunities to work camps and clinics and things like that. And, and, sort of explore my coaching. Um, I had a couple chances to uh, work more formally in the collegiate environment while I was on the national team. Um, and then when I got done playing, it just seemed like the natural next step for me to take to join the college coaching ranks and um, put the experiences that US Field Hockey had afforded me uh, to work. And so I kind of jumped into the NCAA coaching from there. I think um, there's been a couple uh, different experiences along the way that have really motivated me and inspired me to continue to pass on my message of field hockey to younger generations. Um, and I felt sort of compelled to to take that opportunity to share my experiences and pay them forward to younger athletes. And yeah, I guess ultimately um, it it was really just an opportunity for me to give back and pay back all of the different experiences and opportunities I've been afforded through through my journey as a player and now as a coach. And as you know, we are going to seek out your three books that have influenced you here. And so um, we'll crack on. And the first book, it will be, tell us about it. Uh, so the first book is more just a, a guilty pleasure, if you will. <laughs> um, I, I very quickly got into Jodi Picoult. Uh, she's a writer that um, tends to hit on a lot of different, um, some controversial topics, some uh, highly public topics. Um, 
She tends to write very open. Um, she really sort of addresses these issues head on and, and really sort of opens them up for different perspectives. Um, and so ultimately anything Jodi Picoult is, is really, like I said, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I guess if I, if I ultimately had to, to narrow it down, um, I, the last book that I just read, um, Small Great Things, has to do with the uh, little bit of um, challenges we face based on the way that we look um, and the way that we are perceived by at large. Um, and I think it, it presents its own challenges of, you know, how do you navigate how people look at you, um, what assumptions they might make about you as a person, um, and then, you know, how do you navigate your reality from there? So, yeah, I guess, like I said, anything Jody Picoult, but more recently, Small Great Things was, was uh, one that I just put down a bit ago. Right. So it's fascinating as coaches, uh, you know, how we are perceived and how we perceive others is a critical part of it. And those, as you said, that sort of insider inspiration can come from a variety of different uh, areas. So great. Appreciate it. When, uh, Caroline, your, your second book, which, what else are you taking out there with you? Uh, second book. This is something that has more recently come onto the map for me. It's a book called Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. Um, it's, uh, it's a book all about making change. And um, ultimately, it's making change when change is hard. And I think, you know, we, we, we've, we've spent all this time building different behaviors, different habit, habits, different ways and patterns of thinking. Um, and like I said, it's taken time to really build those into what we do. And this book looks at how we change those things. Um, and I think it really gives you these tangible um, opportunities to implement change, whether that's in you as, as an individual or if you're trying to implement change in people around you. And ultimately as coaches, we're, we're trying to change behavior of our athletes. We're trying to improve how they do what they do. Um, and so I think this book really offers some, some cool opportunities to, uh, to take a look at how we can we can do that in tangible ways. Cool. Awesome. And uh, do you have any specific examples of what that's looked like, how, how that's maybe changed something that you would do in, in your either current role or previous roles to have impact? I think specifically it, it asks you to maybe take a look at how you're approaching um, different challenges in front of you, whether that's trying to get an athlete to look at a new way to attack a skill or if you're trying to have your team address something in a different way. It challenges you to, to change your perspective and change how you look at that problem before you try to readdress it with your team or your athlete. Um, so I think that's been you know, pretty helpful for me. Um, one of the other things is how do you start small? Um, the book really addresses the, the opportunity to make small, small changes. It might just be one very um, tiny thing that you implement in your day-to-day -day behavior. Um, and then those small changes can ultimately lead to the big changes that we're after over a long amount of time. And I think remaining focused on those small things that you can do every day um, that would lead to the bigger changes definitely has helped me as a coach. Caroline, book, book number three, what's your, your final read to keep your company out there? Uh, this was a, this was a tough one. I think um, I, I'm, I, I really enjoy anything that has to do with leadership or ways that we can influence other people around us. And 
I guess that's ultimately how I look at leadership is they're, they're influencers. Um, and I guess more recently, I, I've taken a look at some of the stuff that Simon Sinek has done. Um, I also uh, really love to look at what Navy SEALs are doing and what our armed forces do in terms of leadership. But I guess if I had to really sort of narrow it down, um, I enjoy Simon Sinek's read on Leaders Eat Last. I think it uh, really sort of dives into this idea of sacrifice and servant leadership. Um, and the fact that one of the examples he uses in the book is that in the military, um, all of the officers eat last. And um, it sort of draws this really cool parallel to the fact that officers in the military would be willing to do anything for the people that they're leading, um, whether that's giving up um, whatever food might be left so that their their soldiers can eat, um, whether that's, you know, everything, bullets start flying and they're the first ones to jump on top of their soldiers to protect them. I think it's a really cool sort of, again, parallel to coaching. And what would you as a coach be willing to do for your team? What would you be willing to sacrifice for your team so that they could thrive? And yeah, I guess I've just always really enjoyed um, the, the, just the, the full tangible of, you know, you as a coach eating last before your athletes so that they get what they need so they can be successful. Awesome. How, and you obviously in a leadership position at present leading, leading the national team, but how would you, I guess, reflecting back on your growth as a leader, your leadership journey, could you pinpoint, I guess, a moment when you, you, I guess, realized you were a leader, you were in that position for the first time and, and how your leadership has evolved since then? I think that leadership is this ever evolving thing. Um, I think that I look at myself more as someone who is, is trying to, like I said, influence the people around me. And I, you know, my motivation in serving the U.S. Women's National Team right now is my opportunity to try to make each and every one of the athletes better. Um, and my opportunity to make the team as a whole and the program as a whole as, as good as I can. Um, but I, I guess I think my leadership is always evolving and developing and growing. And I definitely don't have all the answers um, as it stands right now, but I'm willing to go ask the questions and find the answers so that I can help, you know, best influence and potentially lead, you know, the team where possible. Um, I can't say there's any one moment where I feel like I became a leader. I think it's been a collection of influences from people around me and borrowing lessons, throwing them in my bag and carrying, carrying those with me through my journey um, and using each of those experiences to help shape how I hopefully influence people around me moving forward. I guess my hope is down the road that I guess the sort of what success looks like for me in terms of leadership is down the road, someone might take something that I've chosen to say or do and put that in their leadership bag and use it um, in the future. It's great. Caroline, you just uh, mentioned a couple of really interesting points there. You talked about your leadership bag that you carry with you and the lessons that you've learned and the things you want to take and have put into your coaching practice and, and in your words to influence those around you. Who have been some of the key influences on your career either as a player or more particularly now as a coach where, where have you got your sort of inspiration and direction from sure yeah I think there's there's two people that have really sort of massively influenced my journey so far and 
sort of first, I, I would have to go back to Beth Anders and her role um, in shaping me as an athlete, a young athlete in my college experiences. And what Beth really taught me was how to truly push myself and where my comfort zone limits were and how I could really step outside those, those comfort zone limits and um, really challenge who I was as a player and a person. Um, she taught me the full meaning of buying into something, the full meaning of dedication to something and commitment to something and really honoring those commitments that, that I make. Um, and I think that's really lasted with me, uh, you know, obviously since my college, my college playing days. Um, but, you know, just something that I learned, you know, what hard work really looked like and, and she really explored those boundaries with me. Um, and then more recently and not to be super cheesy, um, but Craig, you were, you were a massive influence in, in my, um, experiences both as a player and as a coach. And I think, um, coming into the national team, when, when you took over Craig, it opened my eyes to a different way of doing things. It, it opened my eyes to, a a different way of approaching the game and approaching athletes and approaching how we think about the game and really challenging me to be a thinker more so than just a doer. Um, and then once I left the national team, I've had an opportunity to, to work with Craig through different coaching development opportunities. And it's really opened my eyes to how I can be a better influencer as a coach and how I can ask the right questions to, um, hopefully empower my athletes to become independent thinkers of the game as well. And um, so again, I, I fear being too cheesy here, but you know, Craig, you've, you've definitely been a, a massive influence in my experiences, both as a player and as a coach uh, moving forward in my career. Well, that's, that's very good. It's good to know you were listening back then. That's great. <laughs> um, so we're casting your way to this island. Um, and I guess, you know, should we be concerned about you? Would you be able to survive the uh, rigors of the island? Could you build a shelter? Do you think you could feed yourself? How would you get on? <laughs> I, I hands down think I would survive. Um, no question about it. I think uh, as an athlete, you're taught to hit adversity and figure your way through that adversity. And I think being cast away on an island is just that. It's another piece of adversity you've got to figure your way through. Um, I can't say I've been armed with too many survival techniques or tactics. Um, I have watched a bit of survival TV, so maybe that I could bring those tools and tricks with me. Um, I think I could build a fire, no problem. I think I could figure out shelter and catch some rainwater. So ultimately survive at least until I'm saved. But um, yeah, I think I could do it. I think, you know, again, the adversity would strike, but I would find my way through it. Okay, so Caroline, to round out your, your supplies for the, uh, your trip to the desert island, you get three additional items. So which, which song are you taking with you? This is, this is tough. Um, is it okay if I say two? I know that might be bending the rules here, um, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> so first song would be uh, Higher Love by James Vincent. Um, that is actually my wedding song, um, but it's one that uh, sort of strikes a cool emotional chord, not necessarily too sappy, but just something that is empowering for me and um, something that provides promise. And I think that would be needed in an island. <laughs> um, and the second would be pretty much any song by Jimmy Buffett. I grew up on him and, uh, and he definitely is a, uh, an artist that I would appreciate listening to over and over and over again. 
Yeah, so whilst you're listening to your Jimmy Buffett, what are you uh, what are you choosing to dine on? What dish are you taking with you? Oh, this is uh, this is another tough one. <laughs> I think anyone who knows me um, would be no, there would be no surprise at this answer. But mac and cheese would come with me, and I would have absolutely no problem eating that day on day on day. Perfect. I would struggle to boil water and uh, get the pasta ready, but mac and cheese is definitely the go-to. Perfect. And then, and then finally, your, your luxury item of no practical use whatsoever. Uh, sort of specific here, but it would be the Rolex uh, Submariner watch, the, uh, the Pepsi color one, the, the red and blue. I know that's, again, very specific, um, but sort of here's why. It's a, it's a watch that my dad has. Um, I, I've secretly always wanted a Rolex, but they're way outside of my price range. Um, but it's, uh, it's sort of, um, dear to my heart just because again, it's, it's the watch that my dad has always worn. Um, and he's been a huge inspiration in my playing career and a massive supporter of mine through my, my entire, um, development as a player and a coach and has always believed in me. So I think it would be something that would be nice. It would be a nice memento to carry with me onto the Island. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. That sounds like the most luxurious item we've had so far on this series. <laughs> uh, not only sentimental, but also luxurious. I like it. Um, Caroline, it's been a great pleasure to spend some time with you today. And thank you for taking the time to be with us. And, and good luck on the island. Thanks for joining us on Castaway Coaching. Awesome. Thanks, Craig. Thank you, Phil. Really appreciated spending the time with you guys.